Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, June 3rd, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bolger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week to bring a bit of a lift to your day. Before we get back into our Philippians text from Monday, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, in this day, will you bring peace to a nation, peace to a world, and peace to all who are anxious and hurting and worried. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Tara, for our Friday fun question, a zombie apocalypse has happened. Who in your family is going to last the longest? If the four of us stick together, we'll be fine. Yeah? If not, Brian and Hannon are going down. Those people have no (laughs) hustle. Me and Ryan will leave them in the dust. (laughs) Ryan and I are also like um, the most tenacious, and let's just say it, we can be the meanest. So uh, Ryan and I will be fine. It's not looking good for the other two beloved folks. Between you and Ryan, you know, eventually on all the zombie shows, people get picked off one by one. So who survives longer, you or Ryan? I'm going to say Ryan only because she's younger. That's true. But I am smarter for right now. Right. I've got some experience. What about you? Uh, well, I'm going to extend this to, to the family I grew up with because just between me and Allie, obviously me. Um, she's too nice. She's if too, we're going she's too with kind. brothers, she, yeah. I'm totally surviving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely you with, with your brothers. See, you know, I've I've actually thought a lot about this. And, <laughs> and 
you know, my older brother is the most, uh, I mean, he can survive in the wilderness a long time. And with zombies, you want to get out of the urban areas. You want to get, you want to get to the rural places. So he can live in the forest for a long time. Uh, my youngest brother has the most experience with guns. So that's pretty helpful. Um, do they work against zombies? Uh, if you shoot them in the head. Okay. Yep. 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 You got to go for the brain. Yeah. Uh, but I've put a lot of thought into this, so I feel pretty good about my chances. Um, so, you're gonna not that I have you're a plan. Preach them to death. <laughs> I'm going to save the zombies. Tell them about the good news of Christ. But, uh, but I think it's going to be me, and purely by location. They live in highly urban areas. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's going to take a while for them to get out of that uh, in coastal California and Phoenix. <laughs> and whereas I can get to the ruralness of Alabama much quicker than them. So I feel like that will help me. Uh, I will revise my answer to say <laughs> I'll probably survive over Ryan because she can't be quiet. That's true. Like That's they true. would be hiding and That's Ryan would be like, how long do you think we got to hide? Where do you think they are? What are we, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, anyone listening, you can take that to your own family and have your own discussion That's about right. that. <laughs> but to our scripture, this at, at the end it has this kind of uh, interesting phase where it talks about working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What the heck does that mean? Mm. It reads as if what the person is doing will earn them salvation. Yeah, That's I feel how like it Martin, reads. I feel like Martin Luther is stewing right now. Well, I think <laughs> the original Greek probably helps us out of that distinction um, because work out in the Greek is really, I think, something along the lines of to do this thing until completion. Mm. And for Paul, he's expecting the completion to come with the second coming of Jesus. He thinks it'll be pretty soon. Mm -hmm. He was wrong, (laughs) but he thinks it'll be pretty soon. And so the way I read this, fear really is the idea of a deep respect. And so for me, working out salvation and fear and trembling means we have been given salvation. How will you live out your response to that? with this respect and awe mm-hmm. that um, that is the proper response to the Lord God's gift. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really about how we will make decisions, how we will discern, how we will live in community, how we will care for others. We're living out the gift of salvation mm-hmm. uh, with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. What do you think? No, I think that's I think that's exactly right. Uh, I love the the working out to completion of of this is um, something that we will continue uh, to respond to uh, the salvation of God over and over in our lives and the this idea of, of fear and trembling um, is. Is I think Paul is pushing back to that idea of cheap grace where he talks about in uh, Romans, I believe. It's like, well, should I sin so I can receive more grace? Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. absolutely not. Um, but instead, uh, that understanding uh, all the power that comes with God, that our lives are a response to that. You know, the Christian life is constantly living in tensions. Uh, the tension... Uh, everything in Christianity is tension in a lot of ways. If we even look at the symbol of the cross, this torturous device that means death means salvation. This Mm -hmm. rugged, ugly thing is the most beautiful thing in the world. uh, And and the tension of of the grace and the love uh, that we have received, uh, that God is nothing but love and compassion, yet God is ultimate power. Uh, And so understanding 
uh, or trying to understand what both of those things mean should result uh, in a deep respect, uh, a deep trembling, a, a deep uh, part of our hearts and our souls that move us. Yeah, I do think that for those of us who have grown up in any sort of Christian culture, or who have been people of faith for any period of time, it is easy to domesticate God. Yeah. And Paul is saying, uh-uh, that should, the gift of your salvation and the holiness and all of our triune creator should never be domesticated. We should always live our, our lives in this sense of awe and wonder. And, you know, Paul talks a lot about humility, um, and I've also heard humility defined as being right-sized. Hmm. If I am right-sized and I know of my own sinfulness, and then I also grasp the gift of love and grace I've been given, that also should be awe-inspiring hmm. and humbling. Well, you know, and it's just as you're talking that sparked in my mind of, you know, if if God is, is all-powerful and Paul talks about Christ's, um, humbling himself to, to lower himself. Uh, if we're responding to the God of the universe, humbling himself to the point of death, uh, yeah, that should terrify us of what that means for what we're called to. <laughs> like that should be terrifying in a lot of ways of, of what that might mean. Uh, but then we'd hold the tension of the hope uh, that the Spirit of God will be with us and the terrifying things we might be called to. Yeah, I think so. And I don't ever... Um... You, you have to domesticate God in some ways just to live with him day to day. Sure. So, for instance, I can't live my life prostrate on the floor in, in the face of the awe and majesty of God. But at the same time, one of the reasons I love worship is because worship is always crafted to help us maybe grasp that again. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the one of the only places I certainly go to where I'm reminded over and over that it's not about me, yeah. that I have been given this gift, and I am called to live out that gift in a new way. And so that makes worship really, I think, probably the most valuable hour of my week. Absolutely. Okay, friends, with that, we are going to have a quote from Soren Kierkegaard from his book, Fear and Trembling. I am convinced that God is love. This thought has for me a primitive, lyrical validity. When it is present to me, I am unspeakably blissful. When it is absent, I long for it more vehemently than does the lover for his object. Thank you all for being with us. We'll be back again on Monday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.